السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين Respected elders, dear brothers and sisters, my young friends Alhamdulillah, we have basically at the end of the summer vacations and in about 10 days or so, most schools will be reopened. Now, some children will be smiling, others will be not smiling perhaps. As parents, those who are parents, your focus is on studies, on excellence, because of course everyone's wants good grades. University students as well, you want good grades. Parents are thinking about, perhaps especially mothers, about lunch, pick up, drop off, you know, activities, wardrobe, clothing. When it comes to young children, and I think back to when I was younger, um, either you're excited about going back to school, especially if, or if you're going to school for the first time, or perhaps you're a bit nervous, you know, which teacher am I going to get, which class am I going to be in, uh, you know, uh, who are going to be my classmates, where are my friends going to be. Uh, you're excited about new school supplies and going and, you know, with your list and, and shopping. And as you get older, right, as children get older, into elementary school, high school, university, perhaps even, you know, you're more worried about what you're going to wear, how it's going to look. You're worried about your friends. You're worried about fitting in about having a good time, making sure that your experience at school is enjoyable, that of course you're not bullied, um, that you're not made fun of, and as you get older, you want to experience the freedom right, that comes with, or you think that should come with getting older, right, and going through new experiences. Right, because, you know, especially as we're growing older, there's, you know, we have different types of uh, experiences that we, we desire, things we want to go through, we see others going through, and we want to go through the same thing, right, a lot of times. Uh, our parents may not always agree, but that's the way our minds work when we're younger. But the reality of schooling today, the reality of schooling today is that it's a lot more than just education. It's a lot more than just education, it's a social experience. And this starts when, it's, when children are young, and goes all the way up to university, to college and university. Of course, it's an experience that helps shape children and young adults to a great degree. You know, the way we think, our habits, the, the norms that we expect, our expectations, our desires, a lot of those will actually be formed during this experience from age four and five all the way up to college and university. Now, of course, academics are very important. There's no question about that. And it is very important for anyone who's studying, or even adults who are, who are working, to give their best effort. Right? To give our best effort when we try to do something. Now, when I say best effort, I mean reasonable best effort. So, on, one, on, the one, on, a, on a balanced best effort. So, on the one hand, you clearly don't want to be slacking off. Okay, now, I did that too when I was in university. I'm not proud of that. Okay, so... Those who are students, you know, don't slack off. You know, show up for your classes. Okay, that's probably, you know, 50% of getting a good grade. Okay, pay attention, take notes, be there. 
Because if you're not, if you're having fun, if you're doing other things, then you're going to have problem at the end. Right? You're going to have trouble at the end. So you want to make sure you give, you don't slack off, but at the same time, you don't want to hurt yourself. Now, these types of students are, are perhaps in the minority, but we do hear of cases where children, young children, older students take so much pressure on themselves to excel and to succeed. Perhaps the pressure is coming from their parents, perhaps from, from peers, that they actually end up hurting themselves, right? Where it's bad for their mental health and, it, or, and their overall health, right? So we don't want to be at that level either. Okay? So you don't want to be slacking off, but at the same time, you don't want to be at a point where you're, you're hurting yourself uh, phys- uh, 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 mentally as well as perhaps physically as well. Now, the impact of schooling right, is, uh, of course, much greater than just academic. Okay? So for parents who may have you know, gone to school in a, in a very different time, in, perhaps in a very different place, times have changed. Okay? So school is no longer about just going and getting good marks and studying and succeeding and getting a degree and, and going off and getting a good job. Okay? So your kid is in school. Your kid is going to experience and learn a lot more Okay, and perhaps things you don't like or we don't like uh, that you probably didn't learn or didn't have to go through when you were younger. Now, some of what is learned, of course, is positive. Okay. So children go to school, of course, alhamdulillah, in, in Canada, we have a, you know, a solid education system. Some people may disagree, say back home, you know, our children are doing, uh, you know, grade six math problems in grade two. Okay, so perhaps, yes, you know, children are, are smarter and they learn more in other places. But overall... Overall, we have a pretty solid education system, alhamdulillah. Uh, so a lot of what, what is learned is, is positive and good, but some of it is not. Some of it is not. And I'm going to talk about how that happens and what you can do about it. Now, this can happen whether a student is in the public system, in the Catholic system, in the French system, at the French boards, uh, or in an Islamic school or in college, or in university. It can really happen um, anywhere. And it happens primarily through three channels, three avenues, three channels. Now, not all of these may be equal in terms of their the risks that they, they, they present, uh, depending on the type of system a student is in. But nonetheless, these are the three channels. And even for adults, these are channels through which we get influenced. So the number one... Uh, channel or avenue through which we get influence and more and more so we're seeing negative influence is through the social environment. The social environment and especially through our friends. Alright, so just like the quality of air that we breathe, the quality of food that we eat and the water that we drink has an effect on us physically, on our physical health, in the same way the social environment also has an impact on us. Okay, so you know that if someone lives in a, in a city where there's smog 300 days out of 365 days a year and, you know, the, the water is polluted and the, the food that they're eating, uh, you know, the animals haven't been fed, pro- the meat that comes from animals that haven't been fed properly and, you know, the vegetables are all sprayed with pesticides and, and are growing in, in, in a very uh, polluted environment, then you know that someone who's eating that type of food and breathing that type of air and consuming that type of water of course it's going to have an impact on them, uh, on, on their physical health. There's no question about it. We all agree and everyone understands that. So the same is true for our spiritual and our psychological health as well. So if the 
environment is clean, if the environment is clean, then we will grow spiritually and psychologically. But if it's polluted, if the environment we're in, and I'm not again now this time I'm not talking about the air, the water, or the food, but if the environment, the people around us and the things that are happening around us, the things we're seeing, the things we're hearing, the things we're exposed to, if that is uh, polluted, then it will have a negative impact on us spiritually as well as psychologically. Our hearts, our minds will be distracted and most, you know, many adults are suffering from that already, you know, without being in school, you know, as grown-ups, going to work and being exposed to, to the media um, and to the things that we, we, we see and we hear. Um, you know, our hearts and our minds are distracted and we're not able to focus on the things that actually matter, the things that really matter. Okay, so what are we talking about? We're talking about our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is what matters most. For every single person on the face of this earth, right, what matters most is our connection with Allah azza wa jalla. Right, because if that is rotten, if that connection is weak, if that connection suffers, then we are going to suffer. Nobody else is going to suffer, but we are going to suffer, first and foremost. Okay, And this is a relationship, a connection that is there, whether we like it or not, whether we want to ignore it, whether we want to try to forget about it, or, or try to pretend it's not there. That connection and that relationship is there. And when our hearts and our minds are distracted, then that connection, that relationship with Allah Azza wa Jalla, that connection and that relationship that is so important, on which our afterlife depends, afterlife depends on, that is the relationship and that connection that starts suffering, first of all. Then, of course, the other things that matter, our character, our manners, um, you know, our, our responsibilities, our studies, our family relationships, our health, all of these things start suffering, and there's a lot more, right? I'm just giving some examples. All of these things start suffering when our hearts and our minds are, are, are distracted. And, of course, one is the general environment we're in. Right? We may not have much control over it sometimes. But our friends, our friends have the greatest impact on us of all. And the Prophet ﷺ has warned us. Right? The Prophet ﷺ has warned us. Right? Hundreds of years ago, over 1400 years ago, has warned us about our friends. Right? To be careful about who we become friends with. Right? Who we hang out with. Who we give our time to. Right? Because these are the people who are going to have an impact on us. right? If they're good, the impact on us will be positive. But if they're not good, if they're bad, then the impact on us will also be negative. right? And nowadays, even the, the, the word friend right, has, has expanded in meaning. right? Because now you have like you know, hundreds of Facebook friends that you've never met. Okay? And you have people, you know, followers on Twitter, and you think you know them, they're your friends, but really they're not. right? And on Snapchat and all these other platforms. right? So... This hadith, this, this teaching of the Prophet ﷺ about being careful about your friends, I would say it applies to both. It applies to in life, uh, to real life interactions, but also online interactions as well. That you want to be careful about who you befriend. Because once you accept that friend request, right, and you start seeing, uh, you know, all those updates in your news feed, that's going to have an impact on you, right? You may not realize it, but it does. It does have an impact. The pictures that people post, adults. Right? They have an impact on us. Okay? And most people, 99% of the time, are going to post pictures of their family, uh, you know, of their children, having a great time, checking in in places around the world, vacationing. And you know, we look at that and we think that, oh, you know, everyone else has perfect lives. And we are the only ones with problems. But you know what? Again, 
99% of the people probably don't post about the problems that they face. Right? It's a sanitized version of reality that we want to present to the rest of the world because we want to feel good about ourselves. Right? Or we post, you know, good looking pictures of ourselves. We look for, for you know, we look for likes and, and, and nice comments, you know, telling us how beautiful or hands, how handsome we look. Right? So, this is the impact, you know, it has. And then others, right, when people see that, you start feeling, oh, maybe I need to do that as well. Right? Or maybe I'm lacking in some way. Or maybe, how come, you no know, people are not liking my picture? Or how come no one, you know, not as many people are telling me that I look handsome or I look beautiful? That I look beautiful, right? So these are all things that impact, that impacts that come upon us through our friends, right? So that's why it's very, very important that whoever we, we hang out with or we give our time to, whether it's online or whether it's in person, that we choose the right people because they are going to have an influence on us. And the things, you know, that most people are doing or accepting, this is again generally in society, uh, most chances are that you will also start seeing them as being fine, even though they may be actually bad for you, right? And it starts gradually, right? You don't, it's, it's unlikely that you will jump into doing something which you know is wrong right away, okay? But if you start seeing it become prevalent around you, then gradually, uh, you know, your, your, uh, your, your level of defense starts coming down a little bit, right? Because you have constant exposure, you have constant exposure, right? Same thing with radiation as well, right? If somebody's exposed to radiation at very low levels, right, but it's over a prolonged period of time, it's going to have an impact. Potentially, it's going to have an impact on them, on their health, right? So in the same way, once we're exposed to stuff around us, you know, at first we may think, no, I'm never going to do that. No, that's okay. But you know what? Once you start getting exposed to it slowly, 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 you start softening up a little bit, okay? And that's how you either start accepting it, thinking that, okay, it's something which is fine, or you actually end up doing it yourself, Right? So whether it's you know the way people are dressing, or whether it's the type of language that they're using, the types of things they're talking about, whether it's the types of relationships they're in, perhaps you know the meaning inappropriate or prohibited relationships, um, whether it's drugs or drinking or whatever it is, right? When you're exposed to it, chances are you're going to start softening up towards that potentially, and at some point you might actually end up doing it as well. Unless one will try to protect us all. So that was number one, which is the social impact, and especially the impact of our friends. Secondly, the way that subjects are taught and are approached. Okay, and this is very important for parents to understand and to realize. Okay, that if you think, okay, well, I've taken care of the social end, so I've given my kids, you know, activities to do, and I've given them, uh, you know, good friends and whatever. There are tons of activities. They have something to do every night, and they're really, really busy. That's great. Okay, but you can't ignore the impact of the education itself. And especially when we talk about religion in public schools. Okay, specifically in public schools when we talk about religion. Because really, to sum it up, the message is this. Okay, to put it very, very, you know, uh, briefly, just to summarize that, towards religion we should all be respectful. So respect is something which is taught in schools, which is great. You're taught to respect everyone, respect everyone's religious beliefs, um, and, you know, other differences, and that's, that's fine. There's, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But the implicit message there is that, you know, religion and stuff like that, you know, these are, are just things that, that people believe in that we should respect, but they're not really true. Okay, they're not really proven. Okay, these are just sort of myths and things that are there. Now, nobody's really going to say that openly. Okay, hardly anyone's going to say that openly. But really, implicitly, that's the message. Over that 11, 12 years of schooling, that's really the implicit message that's, that's seeping in over time. Right? And this is why you see 
right? The 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 rates of uh, you know the numbers, the percentages of of children or young adults who are uh, leaving religion altogether, right? Um, are, are there, and, and that's you know that that's clear for 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 everyone to see who wants to look into it. So um, you know this this creating doubts about religion, and that you know this idea that science has all the answers. Now, of course, we respect science, right? Islam has a deep scientific tradition, right? Going a long way. Many great scientists and great scientific discoveries have actually come from Muslim scientists, right? So there's so there's no uh, dichotomy, there's no discrepancy between science and religion. However. However, when we start saying that science has all the answers, and this is what children come out with, right? This is what I learned. This is what we come out with from school, that uh, science answers everything. And what that means, then, there's no recognition of spirituality and there's no recognition of God, right? And that's where the problem is, right? So after these years of schooling, that concept is just out. So it's there if the parents want it to be there, if the child sort of has, has that rooting and that foundation. But otherwise, that message that's constantly coming out and we see that in children, right? I see this from time and time again, right? Children in our own communities, all around, right? That 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 foundation, if it wasn't there from the beginning, and if, or if it was not very strong, it is severely, severely impacted by the time. For most children, na mashallah. Of course, there are some who 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 make it out fine, but for many, many children, that will get um, impacted. Um, when you talk about university students, right? Philosophy courses, right? It's great if you study philosophy, right? But if you don't understand Islamic philosophy, if you don't have a background in that, if you don't have a grounding in your own deen, right, these courses are going to mess you up spiritually. And that happens, seen that time and time again. Right? So it's not that there are things we shouldn't study, we should go out there and study everything, but, but we've got to make sure that you know who you are and what your roots are before you actually go into, step into all of these things. And finally, teachers as well, teachers and professors. Now, of course, we are taught to respect our teachers. Okay, that's an important part of Islamic teachings. So you've got to respect your teachers. Okay? Um, and many teachers are great, are very good people, and they, they do a great job. I, I respect all my teachers. I was going through elementary school. You know, you had like 500 kids. I was probably like the, I don't know, the one or two, there's probably three Muslim kids all, all together. Um, and my teachers were great, and they were very respectful. I was the most different of all. And Alhamdulillah, they did a great job, and, and I'm very grateful to them. But sometimes, and what we're seeing, is that people have biases, or they have misunderstandings, right? Sometimes it's willful, sometimes it's out of ignorance, um, and that comes out in the classroom. And what concerns me is that parents don't know about this, right? As parents, you don't, you, you don't hear about it, you, you don't find out about it, unless your kid actually comes and tells you. Right. Sometimes it's direct. Sometimes it can be again implicit in the way things are taught, in the way uh, you know things are approached. Um, especially, especially this idea that Muslim girls and women need to be freed. Right. That Muslim girls and women need to be freed. Right. That the hijab is something which is oppressive. Right. And there's uh, the, the you know and and you know people in, in authority authority figures or people you know in in positions of influence feeling that they have a moral duty, uh, that they need to champion, uh, you know, the, fr- the, the freedom of this Muslim girl that's in their class who's wearing hijab, you know, maybe she's being forced to wear hijab. So, you know, you gotta, you, you know, they feel this need to actually help. So it may be actually be coming from a, from a good place in that they're, they're wanting to do good, but it's actually misdirected, right? And can be harmful in terms of um, the, the, the rights and the, the choices of the, of the, of the family. Um, and also just bad morals as well. And that's just one example. There's other things as well. 
um, bad morals generally too, right? I mean, when morality and values of society go down, right, then that, you know, teachers are not immune from that, right? Teachers are not immune. So, you know, off-the-cuff comments, you know, uh, or simple ideas that are put in, um, that is also a major concern because, remember, when you're in school, right, you're taught, of course, as I said, to respect your teachers. You look at the teacher. The child looks at the teacher as an authority figure, right? You're supposed to listen to your teacher. Your teacher's basically always right, Okay. Um, that's the, 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 you know, that's the way we're taught to look at our teachers. And to a certain degree, yes, it's true. Right? We're not taught to question. Right? But at the same time, if these teachers are actually, um, not teaching the right things or are, are going out of their, their boundaries of what they're supposed to be teaching in terms of their subjects and, and are trying to exert other types of influences, then that is something, uh, that is of concern as well. So what does this lead us to? And what does this lead us to? This leads us to an identity crisis. What happens? There's an identity crisis. Who am I? Okay? And a lot of kids go through this. Who am I? What should I believe in? Because the messaging is different at home, at the masjid or Islamic school, and at school. Okay? And in the media and all the other things that, that is influencing them. Okay? So now there's confusion and there's an identity crisis and kids trying to figure out, you know, and sometimes they have dual identities. Right, dual identities where they'll have one identity at home and something else completely different at school. Parents won't know about what's happening in school, and people at school have no idea what's happening, what type of identity is, is, is being adopted at home. Right, so this is a real challenge that we face. So, in terms of solutions, and I'm going to wrap up with this, inshallah. What are the solutions? Okay, before I get to the solutions, if I can ask the brothers to please move forward and fill in all the gaps, because unfortunately we have a smaller space today. So I appreciate your cooperation. So suggested solutions. I don't claim to have all the answers, but I'm just throwing out some thoughts. Um, number one is to have a clear sense of identity. Right? For every single child that is here, every single student, every single person, we should have, we must have a clear identity. Okay? I am a Muslim, and yes, I am also a Canadian. Okay? I am a Muslim, and I am a Canadian. To be a Canadian doesn't mean that I have to do something different that I have to change the way I am, that I can't be a Muslim anymore, okay, or vice versa. So yes, I believe in Allah. I believe in His prophets and the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. I believe in the Qur'an and the Hadith. I love Allah Azza wa Jal. I love all His previous prophets. And Rasulullah wasallam. I know that they and what they taught are absolutely true, right, no matter what anyone tells me, okay, and this is really the strength of Iman that, that, that we need and that, that sometimes we're lacking, right? It's really to have that conviction, that true belief deep inside that yes, this is the truth and it doesn't matter what happens or what anyone says, that we take this very, very seriously. So this identity part of being a Muslim, we take that some, as something which is serious because faith is a serious matter for us. Right? It's not something which is light, something which you know, we can just play around with. Secondly, yes, I am a Canadian. Okay, so I do care for this country. I love this country, I care for my fellow citizens, I'm good to my neighbors, I help out, I'm kind, you know, I follow Allah's, I don't hurt anyone. Okay? But also, with that, I have the right to practice my religion. I have the freedom of conscience, of faith, of opinion, to dress the way as I choose, uh, to dress as I choose to have my own beliefs, which may be different from everyone else's, but that's okay, that's part of being a Canadian. Right? I don't have to be like everyone else in order to be a Canadian. And I don't have to celebrate what everyone else is celebrating in order to be a good Canadian. So I have the full 
freedom to choose how I want to live, what I want to believe in, and to make the choices that I want, provided I'm not hurting anyone else. So you can be an excellent Muslim, and you can be an excellent Canadian at the same time. And you don't need to be confused about this matter. Okay, you can be both at the same time. You don't need to pick one or the other. Secondly, to have knowledge, right, and practice upon that knowledge. So learn about what it means to be a Muslim. Right? Learn about your roots and your you know, spirituality and beliefs, character, important issues that you face at school and when you're growing up, and even as adults. You know, relationships between uh, boys and girls um, or between the same gender, um, evolution, you know, belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how to practice Islamic teachings in today's world. Right? These are important topics and you've got to go out and learn about them. And if no one's teaching them, you've got to ask so that you can learn about that. Thirdly, as I mentioned before, be very careful about who you spend time with, right? your friends, your classmates. So find people who have good morals and good habits, who are respectful of your beliefs, who are respectful of your beliefs, regardless of whether they're Muslim or not. Right? That's not the most important thing. Most important thing is that they have good morals and they're respectful of your beliefs and your choices and who do things that you don't need to hide from your parents or from your teachers. Right? That's a red flag right there, children. Okay, if you have friends, people you hang out with, and you're ashamed or afraid to tell your teachers or your parents about what they're up to or, or the things they talk about and the things they do, that's a red flag right there. Okay? You're, you're, you're not hanging out with the right crowd. Okay? Most of the time. Okay? So you've got to be very, very careful about that. So once again, have a clear sense of identity. Learn about who you are and practice upon it. Be careful about who you spend time with, who you befriend, and finally connect with your roots. Right, that connection is so important. The connection with community, with the masjid, with the Quran, with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? This connection is so, so important. Yes, we're all busy. We have homework and activities and things to do. But that connection is extremely, extremely important during these, uh, especially when facing these challenges. And we've got to try our best, especially parents and youth as well, to try to stay connected as much as we can. Okay? So, once again, four things to do. Know who you are. Okay, you are a Muslim and you're a Canadian, and there's nothing wrong with, uh, w- with being those, and you can be excellent at both of those at the same time. Learn about who you are, spend time with good people, and connect frequently with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and with your community. May Allah Azza wa Jal grant success uh, to all of our children and our youth, and not just in this world, but also in the next. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our youth, our children, and all of us from all types of harms and evils which are visible or hidden. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them ease on their journey. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them strength of Iman. Amin wa Very quickly, some announcements, inshallah. We have a children's circle coming up uh, for ages 7 to 11. Uh, the topic is smile your way back to school every time. So this is going to be on Wednesday, inshallah, August 31st, uh, from uh, 8 to 9 p.m. at, the, at our uh, musallah, the KMA musallah at uh, 1120 March Road, entrance from the back. So once again, this is...